Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. We had Monday night football last night, as well as Sunday games, so we're going to break down Monday night football. We're going to talk about the injuries that happened on Sunday. We're going to talk about a guy that may be declared for the NFL draft, and we're heading into week 15 now. The season has flown by, so I've brought on a special guest to talk about some disappointments, some surprises, as well as a little bit of playoff strategy going into our fantasy football playoffs. So all that and more coming up on Wake and Take. So sit back, relax, sip your coffee, and enjoy the show. And what better guest than the pod father himself hopping on the Wake and Take to break down everything we need to know heading into week 15. How are you doing? A little preview, a little preview of uh, Jason Allwan and the Podfather talking together. You're coming on the Mind of Mansion show later today. Oh. So it was Theo's idea to said, hey, you should do a preview. If you go on Wake and Take th- that morning of. Mm-hmm. And I said, that sounds great. Wake and Take with a couple Monday night football games to talk about. I'm excited. And they were both uh, shockingly good games. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we had upsets on um, really both of them. Giants end up beating the Packers and the and the Titans beat the Dolphins in late minute fashion. And really in both ways. We had a Tommy DeVito game winning drive. We had a Will Levis kind of game winning drive and then uh getting over the top with Derrick Henry, but still what a what a game, both of them. A fun little Monday night action. Yeah, Derrick Henry with the, the, the two yards of carry, but the two touchdowns to to, to save it was cool. <laughs> And uh, we got Wandale Robinson, Wandale Robinson, a little 14 fantasy points from Wandale Robinson. They love to yep. see that Wandale Robinson, shockingly high score in the breakout finder app. Uh, the algorithm really loves all those targets and all those receptions and all that production that he, that he put up in college, just a, just a volume machine in college. And then to add the athleticism on top of that uh, with, uh, with his versatility, the dynamic score also very high for Wandell Robinson. You can play quarterback, you can play running back. So I love versatile playmakers. Definitely. And I love seeing Wandell Robinson being there. I mean, he put up 79 yards in the next highest was something like Isaiah Hodgins, 22 yards. So it was he was the offense. He was the passing game at the very least. And then, you know, Saquon Barkley, 22, 22 fantasy points. Right. So that was cool. And, you know, on the other side of that field, was another versatile playmaker who's great at football, and that's yep. Jaden Reed. Ten targets, baby. Yeah, ten targets for Jaden Reed. Now his yards per target was a what two point seven. Yeah, so very low yards per target, but he he gave you the rushing production, right? He gave you the eight catches, so the ten fantasy points as a receiver, then the touchdown out of the backfield. Who needs a satellite back? 
who needs Aaron Jones? This is the beauty of having a such a versatile player like a Wandale Robinson, like a Jaden Reed. Even this is the one case, this is the one rational case you could make for having a Kadarius Tony type player on the roster. I understand that you know Kadarius Tony type players inspire the imagination, but I need them to also know how to play the wide receiver position like Jaden Reed does. Right. If you're Tyler Lockett, you're Jaden Reed, and you can do all these things, you're great on special teams, you're just a great football player, then that enhances your value as a receiver. But, you know, Wandale Robinson thus far, Kadarius Tony thus far, they they haven't shown that they're polished enough receivers to, to really be valuable in the NFL beyond a gadget role. But if you're going to tell me, hey, you should go and try to uh, acquire a, a Kadarius Tony archetype player, I say, sure, absolutely. The case for a Kadarius Tony, not in the first round, but to pick him up off the scrap heap from New York is that, well, you can save a roster spot. I mean, if you, if you, if I, if you tell me that actually by having a player like a Kadarius Tony or, or like a Wandale Robinson would allow us to carry one less active running back, that's huge. The ability to have to add another linebacker or to add another edge rusher or to add another uh, depth piece on the offensive line to my active roster mm-hmm. and not have to roster a third or fourth running back. That to me is the value of these gadget players that so often get overvalued. And the the their true value is the roster flexibility that they bring, not the playmaking ability because they're they're so inconsistent. Definitely, definitely. I think that's a great point, too. The fact that you're clearing up a roster spot with these kinds of players can't be understated. You mentioned, obviously, being able to bring in any other position when you have that. It's really nice. And seeing Jaden Reed get eight receptions, get four carries, that inspires so much confidence going forward. And he's just a rookie. Uh, it's been a, It's been a fantastic season for him. Anytime a rookie gets a 10 target game, yeah, <laughs> you're thrilled. If you have one on your dynasty team, it's, it's a thrilling moment. You're like, oh my God, this guy... And, you know, Dobbs actually had more yards, but Dobbs only had seven fantasy points. So the, to see yep. Reed with 19 and Dobbs with seven in a game where Christian Watson doesn't play makes me so happy. Yeah, I mean, even Tucker Craft had more yards than than Romeo Dobbs at the end of the day. Ends up leading the Packers in receiving uh, with just a few more yards than, uh, than Romeo Dobbs. But- and, and there's always a guy in the chat, right? There's always a guy in my waiver wire chats telling me all about Dontavian Wicks. Yeah. Why I got to get that guy. <laughs> You know, and I'm like, listen, okay, now, okay, why don't we focus on the positive here where, okay, we're losing Christian Watson, but this is going to open up real meaningful target share for a a, a real playmaker that has wide receiver skills in Jaden Reed. Mm -hmm. The the idea that, no, this, this means Dontavian Wicks is a guy you need to pick up in fantasy is not, it's a, that's a stash. See, now Wicks becomes stash-worthy because he's the third receiver on a team that also has two quality tight ends. But uh, was Musgrave out? He was. He was out again. Yeah, so Musgrave was out. I I didn't see that inactive come in. Uh, Tucker Craft, why not? Tucker Craft was a nice little value. Nice little value on Tucker Craft. We actually had Tucker Craft rated ahead of a bunch of these tight ends that went ahead of him. Yeah, we did. Right? And so when, when I thought that was, that was nice little value there. And I, I, I like it when a team that is, has a position of need 
instead of investing a first round pick, instead of going up and, and getting a Kyle Pitts or a TJ Hawkinson in the top 10, a team says, you know what, well, this is a position of need, but we're not going to burn a first rounder on this. We're instead going to use our second rounder and fourth rounder on a, on a, because this was their, they lose Tunyon and even Tunyon was just a, a stopgap solution. Mm-hmm. They had no one at tight end. They needed a tight end badly. And they said, we're going to solve this problem with two athletic tight ends. You know, it, in, in the middle rounds, if you will, in the non first round. Uh, whereas so many teams, they see such a glaring need and it's like, Oh, oh they talk themselves into using a first round pick on a position that does not belong in the first round. You shouldn't be drafting tight ends in the first round. You should be drafting running backs in the first round. You should, it's rare that you should be drafting a guard in the first round. Mm-hmm. It's just not optimal. Like, look at the, look at, look where Steve Avila, that's, that's, that's where you draft a guard pick 37, right? That's where you draft a, a tight end. Yeah. So the uh, Luke Musgrave pick 43. Perfect. So it's, 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 it's kind of cool to see the Packers six and seven crawling out of this hole and you know, Jordan love, not a, not a, not a, 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 a you know, a, a lightning uh, in a bottle game or anything, uh, but at least keeping them competitive uh, mm-hmm. and uh, man, if they had won that game, they'd been seven and six. Oh, what yeah. a bummer. What a bummer, man. But he, Jordan Love didn't play badly, right? He didn't lose the game for the – he only had one interception. When did he throw that interception? Uh, you know? I, I don't I don't remember when it came in. I feel like it was early, though. Yeah, I think it I think it was – yeah. It, 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 the, the heartbreaking thing would be if he had thrown an interception at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. You know? But. Definitely. But that loss – and you talked about this a little bit yesterday on Top 10 Takeaways, that loss has made the San Francisco 49ers the first team to clinch the playoffs. I don't really know the math behind it. I don't know why the Packers' loss led to the 49ers making it into the playoffs, clinching their spot, but they did. So I'm just going to get a quick, quick little clap to our San Francisco 49ers and run the applause sound effect. It, it was a second quarter reception by Jordan Love. <laughs> Okay, yeah, see, not even a game-breaking one then. And at that point, I mean, they were ahead a decent bit. The Giants end up coming back at the end with with Tommy DeVito. I did want to show you this picture before we move away from our Monday Night Football. I don't know if you've been seeing this go around, but this picture now at the top of our screen, that's Tommy DeVito and his agent. No way. I swear on my life, this is Tommy DeVito's agent. Um, He must be feeling so good. He's feeling himself, this agent. (laughs) Look at him. He's loving life, man. Just straight out of Goodfellas. Got the fedora on, the suit. I believe that's a turtleneck under the pinstripe suit. That's a that's a classy fit right there. Really leaning into the whole gabagool thing going on in New York with DeVito and him. I, I think it's very cool to see. Love the marketing coming on. <laughs> Wait, are the are the are the Vikings now gonna make the playoffs? They're still in the hunt. There's a lot of teams. So even with this, well, giant- the Vikings are the Vikings, I think, are in. As of right now, the Vikings are in because the NFC South has no winning teams at all, right? The, right now, it, Tampa right. Bay is on top of that division. It's a three-way tie, six and seven, Tampa, Atlanta, New Orleans. You've got San Francisco at 10 and three, crushing the West. They're the best team in football. The other yep. teams in that division are six and seven as well, okay? You've got Philadelphia behind Dallas now. They're both 10 and three, but Dallas has the tiebreaker. So... Minnesota's in. 
They that are. was a I huge didn't... loss by Green. That was huge. In fact, mm -hmm. that kept the Giants' playoff hopes alive, very alive, and it, it took Green Bay out of the driver's seat for that. That 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 I think though, it's I'd like to see who is the high, has the highest probability of making the playoffs. It says the the projections on CBS with the uh likelihood of making the postseason the rams and the seahawks are both at 30 percent mm -hmm. green bay is at 45 percent still and minnesota is at 70 percent so even with that loss oh my god jordan love man he just ah, oh, he like i said he didn't lose the game at the end for them but he didn't win it for them either Right. So there's just, it's like one step, like two steps forward, one step back for Jordan Love. That's been, but that's young quarterbacks. That's, that's common for young quarterbacks. Interesting to note that they essentially still with that loss, Packers have close to a 50% chance of making the playoffs. So the, the way the probabilities are shaking out, it seems that uh, the, the Vikings, the Packers, and of course, the 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 Eagles are in line. To, and and isn't there another playoff spot? Isn't there seven playoff spots? That's the those are the three wild cards right there currently: Eagles five, Vikings six, Packers seven, and then right. and Seahawks. Yeah, kind of right so there's 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 uh yeah. So they 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 added the extra wild card spot mm -hmm. at one point, and yeah, it it looks like. There's, but it looks like according to these percentile, according to, to these sort of uh, probabilities, there's a there's a an, an interesting chance uh, where Detroit, Minnesota, and Green Bay all make the playoffs, and only one team from the South and one team from the West gets in. But the 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 uh, the uh, positives and the negatives of divisional football you have a really terrible nfc south and then the nfc west kind of cannibalizing each other right on the opposite end it's fun to watch i mean i thought i thought the packers had no business trying to compete with jordan love right so there's a bunch of things that i thought at the beginning of the year that have turned out to be wrong i thought that the eagles were the best team in the nfc at worst the second best team in the nfc and that's not correct mm-hmm Right, they're now lucky to be considered the third best team, and it's clear that the 49ers are the best team in all of football, They're and so that good. the and that the Packers were were right to go for it this year. I mean, I thought all their uh, skill position players, age twenty four or younger, like why are you holding on to any veteran players whatsoever? Why not you know, turn over your offensive line? Mm -hmm. You know, trade your your agent, you know, Bakhtiari. Let the, you know these guys have real trade value. You have some defenders with real trade value. Why not? Why not continue like a like a out in the open rebuild, where they're like, no, actually, we're going to keep these veterans on, and we're going to we're going to try to make the playoffs. And now they're you know they have a they have a they have a forty five percent shot at it. Yeah, yeah, I I think they could do it if Jordan Love. Plays like he did the the three weeks prior to to this Monday game, like three hundred yards and three touchdowns going forward. I mean, they're they're definitely in. They control their own destiny, and I definitely like the NFC side shaping up a little bit better than the AFC because somehow it looks like we're going to get treated 
to the Colts, Browns, and Steelers as the AFC wild cards with the Bills, Chargers, Bengals, Texans, all on the outside looking in. And, and by uh, the way, another home dog, right? You have the Giants at home yep. getting six points against Jordan Love. That was a smash. That was home dog again. The home dog does it again. There's some there's some nice little home dogs on the slate uh, in week 14 as well. There are there are. We might have some stuff to talk about later regarding that. I did have one more news piece before we dive into the injuries a little bit, and this is Mr. Drake May. Drake May has announced that he will be going to the NFL draft. Do you have any thoughts about this prospect? Not yet. I haven't really dug into uh, college <laughs> football. Uh, we are very busy here at Player Profiler, yep. expanding <laughs> at an incredibly rapid pace. A lot of responsibility falls on my shoulders. And Theo continues to demand that I keep this content schedule. My Dimension Show, live, 2 o'clock, 2.30, today, right? At some yep. point. Somewhere, sometime between 2 and 2.30, you know? <laughs> Stay tuned, right? <laughs> Uh, top 10 takeaways every week, you know, waiver wired. He's like, you got to do it through Thanksgiving. And I'm like, my God, Theo, are you just putting me behind a sled and just making me drag, you know, the, the channel. And, you know, now he's like, oh, we're scheduling a Sonic Truth before Christmas, like the Friday before Christmas. We're doing I'm like the Friday before Christmas. He's like, oh, people want the show. And I'm like, fine. Right. So they're chaining me up to this microphone and, 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 and with all these other responsibilities. The last thing I can do is, uh, you know, dig into Drake May. However, I will say that we are talking about going to the Senior Bowl. Yep. And I'm having conversations with Theo and Maddie Kiwoom. But you're in Atlanta and you're in dri your driving distance to Mobile. Yep. Yeah, I'm pretty close. So that's that's also in play. So that's the, these are the, the you, Theo, Maddie, are the people I'm thinking about for the Senior Bowl. I guess we haven't talked about this yet. Yeah. But like I said, there's sometimes sometimes that there's so much going on that we have to actually talk about things on air that that yeah happen. definitely. <laughs> so would you like to go to the Senior Bowl if it's yeah, possible? I, I think that would be very cool. Yeah, yeah. We, so we we usually get a house with the roster watch guys, and get an Airbnb, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna float the idea. Theo is he's up in the air whether he can go. He he always has some event to go to. There's always you know some. Some kids bar mitzvah. There's always some, you know, first communion. There's always something he has to do, uh, you know, because he he's got a bunch of kids and he's, you know, uh, has, has significant family responsibilities. He's a he's a he's one of the great family mans of our time, Theo Graminger. So he's doing a great job and uh, love him. We'll see. If, we'll see if he can make it. We'll see if Maddie can make. Maddie's got a family. Maddie's got multiple kids. So uh, that's the one benefit that you have of uh, still, still, still being. Uh, uh, you have a girlfriend. I know you have a serious girlfriend, but yep. no children, which gives you some flexibility. A little senior bowl, right? A little, you know, go to the senior bowl, go to the draft, maybe go yeah. to the combine. These are some things you can do. Didn't you go to like a, you went to the super like a roto grinder Super Bowl party? Yep. Yep. Went up to last Nashville, year, right? Like in Nashville. Yep. Yeah, why not? I'll drive up to Nashville. You know, hey, woo! life <laughs> it's nice it's nice I, it is I hope nice it stays this way forever it is nice <laughs> uh but i did just want to address you were talking about you know being put ahead of the sled uh doing all this content blink a few times if you feel like you're under duress oh yes sure sure oh <laughs>
Let's discuss some injuries just real quick, and then I want to get some season thoughts before we get everyone out of here. There are a bunch of injuries on Sunday, unfortunately, lots of them with huge playoff implications. I'm going to run through them real quick, and then we can kind of talk about some takeaways in general about them. But Justin Herbert, he has a right index finger fracture undergoing surgery. They said, depending on how it goes, he could be out for the season. I think it's fair to say, given the Chargers, how they're looking right now, he's probably going to be out the rest of the way. There's no point rushing him back. Don Kincaid picked up a shoulder injury day to day. Jerome Ford had a negative wrist x-ray, so he should be good mm. to go. CJ Stroud's got a concussion. Varies from player to player, but unlikely given the way it's been this year. Nico Collins got a groin injury. Still awaiting tests, but it's officially a strain. And then Josh Jacobs, a leg injury. It was originally reported as a knee. Now it's saying he didn't practice yesterday because it's a quad injury. So we'll have to discuss that for sure, as I think there's some important implications. Justin Jefferson picked up a chest injury and was taken to the hospital out of precaution. But that seems, you know, taking someone to the hospital seems a bit a, a bit much to me, but is also day-to-day. Alexander Madison sprained his ankle also day-to-day. And then Tyreek Hill last night picked up an ankle injury, was out for a couple quarters, came back, said he couldn't cut or change direction. So I don't really know if he's going to be able to push through. I think he will. He said he wants to, but that seems like a pretty serious ankle injury, especially for a player like Tyreek Hill. He's a tough guy. He was not right after he went out. He he came yeah. back, but he was he was just a decoy. Yeah. I will say with Drake May, mm-hmm. someone has to explain to me the difference between Drake May as a prospect and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Drake yeah, May, so. 38 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. I home in on the TD to interception ratio in college. I think that that you can go to Brock Purdy, you can go to a lot of quarterbacks. That is a great indicator. Dak yes. Prescott, another late round pick that hit. What what's the what what's the common thread? Incredible touchdown to interception ratio. If they know how to take care of the football in college, that's big. Already 4,300 yards, right? With the size, 6'4, 230. And then he goes out in a in a, in a division rival game, like a conference rival game against mm-hmm. NC State, another ranked opponent, puts up over a hundred rushing yards. Yep. What? It's what, awesome. like that was like the final piece of the puzzle. He's like he starts to against Clemson, sixty-seven yards. Then okay, uh, NC State, a hundred plus yards. It's like what else? What else do you need to see? He's got the size. He has the you know the downfield throwing the accuracy the, the the instincts to take care of the football and then the rushing capabilities. Why we're just assuming it's going to be Caleb Williams at the one hundred and one? We see this happen all the time where there's this assumption that it's going to be, and then all of a sudden there's this big debate, right? It's, it was going to be Peyton Manning all along, and at the last minute they they almost it, it was so close between Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning. Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota. Yep. Carson Wentz made this last push, remember, to try to get over yep. Jared Goff. Yep. So the, uh, we have these years where it goes 1-2. Last year, the Carolina Panthers made the wrong decision. They did. In this last draft, going with Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. So sometimes the it, it, it comes down to the wire. And I, I just don't understand why there's been this, like, oh, we're going to post up Caleb Williams at the 101 and then it's all about who's the number two, and is it Drake May or is it someone else? It's like, whoa, 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 wait a second. I think I think it's down the middle, 50-50. Certainly, Caleb Williams has that upside factor. But if I was just wanted the, the, the metrics and the stats that I trust, 
that I know I'm going to get, you know, baseline production that I'm it's going to be a hit and not a miss. I want to be mm-hmm. assured that draft capital is so precious that yes, I could swing for the fences with the maximum upside pick, or I could just go with the guy that has the, the, the most stability and the least likely to bust. That is Drake May. So if it's me at the 101, I don't know who the 101 is going to be. Who's going to yeah. someone's going to trade for it, right? Unless the Bears decided to use it, right? I think that's a conversation we should have on the Mind of Mansion show, or maybe right now. Is is Justin Fields playing well enough to convince the Bears to pass on a quarterback and trade down? I I think so. I'm a Justin Fields believer, but I also, in my gut, feel like the Bears want to move on from Justin Fields. It, it just the writing seems to be on the wall in that situation. Like I, I think they're done with him as their franchise quarterback. But I do think he's playing well enough. He has he looked really good against the Lions just this week. I mean, he's looked good all season, especially for fantasy points. So I think no matter what, he's going to be starting and very good next season, whether it's on the Bears or another team. So basically, that was a that was a clinic for all of you that are listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, was not able to research the show sheet very deeply <laughs> heading into the show. Jason threw Drake May at me. I had no idea what to say. He then filibustered and went through the news, and then I circled back, and while he was doing that, he gave me time to go look up stats on Drake May. I formulated some takes. So in that you know 45-second time that you were filibustering for me, I got my stats. I got my takes. I circled back. I had everything memorized. I had my takes locked in. Boom, Drake May 101. Yep. I like it. I think that's That's how you do it. That's how you do sports radio. That's how you do streaming sports media content. That's how you do it, everybody. That's how you well, how do you do it? How do you do how do you do so much content? How do you run a business? It's that. It's that yeah. it's every second counts. He gives me 30 seconds. I find a way to casually play off that. Oh, of course, I don't know much about Drake May. I'm so busy. Meanwhile, I'm just looking for an excuse to get 30 seconds so I can get up to speed on Drake May. The last thing I'm going to do is someone give me a player on a player profile or podcast that I don't have a take about. That ain't going to happen, man. (laughs) You heard it here first. Drake May 101 and some fantastic advice on how to stay on your toes as a sports podcaster. Great work right there. I, I like Drake. I actually like Drake made to the, to the, to the bears. I think that I like would be great. I think I like that would be it. great. The question the bears are going to have, they have, it's just, they have to run the numbers. It's like, are we better off trading down and sticking with fields or are we better trading fields and getting yet more picks and going with Drake may with that one-on-one mm-hmm. given what you could get for fields. My sense is that just looking at the va- the overall valuation system that they're going to be using to value all the capital and all the assets, trading fields is going to be the way to go. I think so too. I think so too. I all although, although look look what they they were able to get for the one hundred and one the last time. Exactly. I mean, if they could pull this trick again. Right. If they could pull the same trick again, the the treasure trove of picks they got, the overpay that they convinced Carolina to to pull the trigger on just because it was the 101 and not the 102. The 101 has so much, you know, extra value for no real reason. New England wins the game last week against the Steelers. So now the the 101 is is locked in. It's Carolina. Yeah. So and. 
you could think about the teams that need a quarterback. There's a lot of them, right? The teams are going to be sitting at like eight, nine, 10 that need a quarterback. The Giants, what would the Giants trade to move up? Think about that. Right? Think about some of the teams that would trade to move up. I mean, the Jets, right? But the Jets are in super win now mode. Do they even want to wait? Right for for Drake May, I don't know. I don't. Probably I don't not. Think, I don't think. I don't think they do. Yeah, I think they try Achilles Aaron Rodgers next year. Yeah, I think that's what they're going to do. And so you you go down the board Tennessee, but isn't is Tennessee now convinced? Like Will Levis had another good game. I think so. I you think I think, think Tennessee. The question is, will Tennessee tra- would trade? I don't know if they would trade up. What about Las Vegas? What about the Raiders? I like that. Raiders trading up makes a lot of sense. The Raiders are five and eight. They're in that number eight, nine, 10 zone of the draft. That feels like a, that feels like a move that they would make, Mm -hmm. right? That's, you know, uh, the Al Davis legacy move. That's what that feels like. Yeah. I like, I I like that call. I think we're calling it here now too. the Raiders. So I think maybe that's it. Maybe that, maybe that's the move. I think that what happened was there, the bears are feeling themselves. Now they feel like they're, they're they're the franchise is in the midst of a of a you know turning of the ship right it takes a long time to turn these tankers but they can feel the winds shifting that the the currents shifting underneath them that defense is performing so much better mm-hmm. look at what happened last week against the lions where they're shutting down the lions offense yep amazing right the offense is clicking fields to more is happening uh, Fields is 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 also uh, you know the escapability to erase any problems with the offensive line. No problem. Justin Fields erases those things. Let's stick with it. He was a prolific player at Ohio State. Needs some extra time to develop. Yeah, this makes sense. And then they've all they've they drunk the wine already. Like it touched their lips last year. Trading that one hundred and one and getting all those picks. And then looking like geniuses, mm-hmm. like so the good. ability to do that again, that is such a high. I th- would think they want to inject that into their veins again. Like, yes, another DJ Moore. Yes. Another third rounder two years from now. <laughs> right. That's just gratuitous added draft picks that we don't even need, but we're just going to have. Because then it's gonna get, then we're gonna be able to run the show. Then they're a bit the Bears' ability to run these drafts, have all these extra picks and all these rounds where they can be packaging and moving up and moving down, and they can really give Howie Roseman a run for his money on draft day. Yeah. See that that temptation now that they've already drunk the wine. I would think they want they want to go back to that. They're like, let's open another bottle. Let's go back to it. Let's see. Let's see what. Let's see what the Raiders are willing to pay. Let's see what Tennessee is willing to pay. And the Raiders are perfectly positioned to not only give their first round pick, but they can move on from Devontae Adams. They can move on from Josh Jacobs. They have these older pieces that just really have no use on their team. You talked about Max Crosby yesterday on top ten takeaways. I mean, that would be a fantastic piece. Oh my god! Stop it! Stop now! You're now. I mean, stop it! Stop it! Can you imagine? Sweat Can you crawling. imagine? They're like, you know what? We actually have too many picks. We can't even accommodate all these picks on our roster. We can't even add this many new players. <laughs> so why don't you give us Crosby? 
right? <laughs> Let's get, I will take your first rounder. And then of course you have to always ask for the third rounder in 2026. Yep. You have to. Right. Yeah. And Crosby. Oh my God. That was <laughs> what? The Bears are like Super Bowl bound, man. <laughs> like the Bears are the new Lions. The Bears, yeah. you need to get out ahead of these franchises that are so clearly turning things around and set up for success in the future with extra picks. Mm -hmm. That is the Bears now. And then so now that we have it's funny because you've got a team that rebuilt itself in a way that I surprised me I'm like all these 24 year old skill position players i kind of the, the the packers crept up on me and the fact that they always had jordan love as their as their heir to aaron Rodgers plan i was never buying it mm -hmm. but it's interesting and then it's like the vikings are suddenly the team that is in purgatory if the other teams are rebuilding at pace and the star the front office stars of the league are all in the nfc north the Vikings are going to be like, damn, man, we're getting run over. It's already happening. We talked about it earlier. It's already had the, the probability is already high that there's three teams out of the NFC North. It's like already happening. Mm -hmm. It's becoming a wicked division. It is. It's a fun one. It's a fun one, especially when you've just got the classic teams, Packers, Bears, Lions, Vikings. Just, they have that feel. It's, it's nice to see them good at football. It's nice so yeah, Dakota uh, Vanderhoof in the chat believes that Levis has shown flashes and needs uh, needs to start next year. Okay, so fair. just to put it in context, Will Levis has now had two good games, and that one good game, his first good game, was the flukiest game I've ever seen. If you go back and watch the tape, I challenge you to find a flukier game. And then the Dolphins are, you know, that's always a shootout waiting to happen. That's always a 50-plus point total. So... I would like to see him perform well against a real uh, sort of a, a grinded out team. We'll see. We'll see. We will Levis. We'll see two games. Not enough. Yeah. I wish right? two games. I wish, I wish I could say, Hey, I'm ready. I'm ready to crown him. No, I'm not ready to crown him. And I believe this is let's, let's see. I want to see what Cody Carpentier was saying about the Titans because I was looking at Cody's latest mock draft uh, out of curiosity. Mm -hmm. And I, th I believe that he had the, uh, a, a team trading up that I think it might've been the Titans, but I, I, I need to, I need, let me just, uh, let me just, uh, ver I got to verify this. I need to verify this. Go ahead. I'll, I need I'll to verify this. I think if Will Levis came in last year, like no, I, I apologize. It wasn't. It was not. I thought it was the Titans. It was not. It was. It was a. It was a, a team with a city that starts with T. Uh, but it wasn't. It wasn't Tennessee. It was actually Tampa. Okay, because okay. I was like, wait a second. If Cody believes that the Titans should be trading up for the one hundred and one, then that, again, he's the biggest Will Levis advocate there is. Mm -hmm. then that's saying a lot, right? That, that to me, that would see if, if Cody's saying the Titans are moving up to one, then that's a wrap for Will Levis, but no, Will Levis fans still plenty of hope. Don't worry. Everything's fine. He believes it's Tampa. That's going to trade up to one. That's another option. You forget about oh. Tampa because they're leading their division. <laughs> 
and they just had a, they just came off a great game. But they they have Baker Mayfield. I mean, they need that would be another candidate to trade up. The problem is they're they, if they're this close to making the playoffs and they're playing well right now, mm-hmm. they might have too far to go to trade up. It might be just too. It might be a bridge too far where you can. It's much easier to see the Raiders making that move. Yeah, I I think it's the Raiders. It, it, it felt really good when we started talking about it. It just felt right. Uh, but I do want to get your thoughts just as as we're well. Now- senior football is saying it might be the Steelers, but the Steelers have way too far to go. The Steelers' record is too good. They the Steelers have been the luckiest team in the NFL the last three years, outperforming their point differential by a wide margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's been the Steelers and the Vikings, right? And the problem is their 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 record's too good, and now Joe Burrow's out. Now Deshaun Watson's out. The, my premise that the AFC North would be a shootout division uh, was nullified early in the year with the Joe Burrow injury that he could never really come back from. Yeah, that was a tough break. In, in so th- there's too far, too far to go. You can't trade up from like 18 unless the Steelers tank the rest of the season. But like I said, the, the AFC North is collapsing around them. So they're going to, they're going to get some more wins. Yeah. I think both them, the Browns are just going to lock themselves into the playoffs. Just that they're, they're already in it. And I can't imagine they pick up enough losses to fall out in that division. Yeah. I, I think though, it doesn't matter really whoever makes it from the AFC to the Super Bowl, It doesn't matter. Yeah. Because they're just going to get absolutely destroyed and dismantled by the 49ers. I don't see how any team can even compete with them. What they've done, how they've embarrassed the Cowboys and the Eagles already. I just don't see it. Like, I don't understand how anyone can beat them. I don't even think the the NFL is interesting anymore. I think fantasy is interesting, but I know the NFL is not interesting because it, it's, it's a foregone conclusion. The 49ers are the best team. Yeah. Brock Purdy's the MVP. They're going to win it all. They're going to crown Kyle Shanahan. He's going to go down and into, he's going to become a legendary coach. It's going to make me want to throw up in my mouth, but it's good. It's, it's what's going to happen. It's what's going to happen. And, and everything else is just a, you know, masturbation, masturbatory exercise. We're talking about, uh, you know, Miami and, you know, yeah. Kansas city, the one team in the AFC, I think can, can do it. The one team you, a team needs an X factor. No way. Miami does it. They don't have Tyree kill is not the X factor I'm talking about. Right. You need Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson is the requisite X factor to if if you were going to pick one AFC team that could potentially challenge the 49ers, it would be the Ravens, but not going to happen. No, I think it's the 49ers year. That is interesting, though. There was a thing going around a few weeks ago. Uh, there was like a little since uh, Super Bowl 50, the Super Bowl logos colors has had the the teams that were in the Super Bowl. And this year it's purple and red. If it sticks to it, that could be, you know, the Ravens 49ers as we as we go forward. However, you guys want to read into fun little uh, conspiracy theories like that. As Can we you believe? Through- well, the, the in terms of point differentials, the best point differential is actually not even San Francisco. It's Dallas. Dallas has scored yeah. 421 points and they've only given up 188. So they actually have a better point differential, 188. Phillies is only 21. So Philly is officially overrated. They are, uh, and they're done. They just don't have the horses, right? They don't have the auxiliary pieces that Dallas has. And I thought it was the opposite when the season started. 
And so it's San Francisco versus Dallas in the NFC. And it is uh, Baltimore, Buffalo. Those are the two best teams in the AFC. And so I think that's that's going to be the AFC championship game. And if they don't face each other beforehand. Mm-hmm. But it is Baltimore with by far and away the best point differential in the AFC. So I'm correct. Yeah, they had some really good games against like the Lions. They blew out the uh, Chargers. They blew out. Um, they just did really. They do really well against good opponents, which bodes well for the playoffs. Lamar right. gets on a roll. That's the only way. That's the only way. You get turnovers. Ravens force some turnovers, and Lamar Jackson gets hot. That's the only way they beat that anyone beats the 49ers. Yeah, or like injuries happen to the 49ers, which hopefully not. But no, just... well, no, no, don't do, don't do that. Don't understand. That. That's the only way. Like they're way don't too good. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Isn't it funny? It's Chuck a baby is in the chat. And he's talking about how Kellen Moore is now viewed as the reason. Can you believe this? The, if if anyone wants to know why coach worship and coach analysis drives me crazy, makes me want to lose my mind. It's because the whole reason to avoid Dak this year was he was losing Kellen Moore. Now, and yeah. now we're in the chat saying the reason why the Chargers our tanking is because of Kellen Moore and the Dak is succeeding and he's an MVP candidate because he lost Kellen Moore. Make up your minds. Don't know anything. You don't know if Kellen Moore is any good. You can't tell like my, my always ask is okay. Show me the play. It's a very simple request. It's a very simple request for all the coach worshipers, right? Under Kellen Moore. Like they, when these broadcasters start their analysis or start their broadcast with under Kellen Moore, this is happening, or the, or they they talk about the Kellen Moore offense, as if that's meaningful. It's those are not meaningful words. They're, it's nonsense words. Shut up, shut up about the coach, right? Enough, right? That's what the Shanahan thing drives me nuts because it just he has got superstars. Right, he's got. Yeah. Did did he was he the reason they drafted Brock Purdy? No. Right, he was the reason they drafted Trey Lance. It's Debo and and Christian McCaffrey and just in a stud front seven in and and great offensive linemen. That's the reason. It's not the coach. If you want to tell me the play, show me the play. That's a Kellen Moore architected play. That's all I've ever asked. Show me the play. Show me the play that the that the Cowboys ran that is from the mind of Kellen Moore that he patented, a play that no one else runs, that he invented, and it's the strategic reason why they're winning are plays like this, right? So show me the play that they run that other people don't run that Kellen Moore invented that makes him the reason that their offense is a different offense than any other offense in the league that just it's not about just the fact they have better players, right? So no one has ever, and I've asked a lot of football people, I've asked and asked and asked, show me the play. Show me the play where you can show me, okay, this is where, this is the Kellen Moore stamp is on this play. This, the way this player is moving, the, what they're doing here, what the offensive line's doing, and, and this is what, this is a Kellen Moore architected play. And this is why he deserves the credit more than the players. Right. And 
I've always asked this question. I'm like, show me the play and, and where this is where the offensive line, this is where the offensive coordinator, it reveals his value where he's doing something special that no one else does around the league. And this is why they have a competitive advantage. And no one has been able to give me the play. And even beyond that, the specifics about that play that make it special or a signature of that particular offensive coordinator, it's never been shown. It's completely fake. All the offensive coordinator uh, touting, uh, it's they run the same plays. Mm-hmm. There's the offensive court, the offensive, the West Coast offense that's been passed on from you know offensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and there's slight tweaks. And the moment one team makes a tweak, all the other offensive coordinators write it down, and they're all running it the very next week, right? So th- it, it's all fake. It's all Kabuki theater of the NFL that the offensive coordinators are doing anything special that another offensive coordinator wouldn't be able to do. And the Kellen Moore analysis, if you go back and I force you to read all this nonsensical Kellen Moore analysis, and now we have people in the chat that are saying the reason why is Kellen Moore is bad, right? And it's just a flip. It's just whatever the narrative is, whatever allows us to look past the players and think about something else, Whatever allows us to identify with the guy on the sidelines that's wearing the khakis, who looks more like we do as regular human beings, right? Whatever allows us to identify with those guys instead of the players, that's what we're going to gravitate to. That's where we're going to, that's where we're going to construct our narratives around. And it's pathetic. It's pathetic and it's baseless. And it only, it only holds back sports analysis. And this is in all sports. I'm big, you know, soccer fan now, and they do the same nonsense. They do. They do the same nonsense, and it's like, shut up, shut up. Show me what they're doing that's different than Team X. Show me exactly, and and then because they can't, because obviously every team sees every other team's plays, and anything innovative has a one week shelf life. So shut the fuck up. Move on from the coach talk guys. It's all about the players. Hey, Robert Kelly. Hey, Robert Kelly. Love you, Robert. Okay. You say love Matt. Okay. Jason's having me on to talk. That's why he's having, he's on every morning. You can listen to him monologue every single morning. It's a rare thing that I am on the show. So when he asked me to come on the show, the assumption is he has me to come on the show to dominate this goddamn microphone because yeah. I'm going to be on here once every few months and he's on every fucking day. So that's it's a treat to have me on, listen to me talk and me to set the record straight about coach analysis. And Jason is happy to have it. You understand that? Jason does the show every day for him to have the ability to not have to construct a show sheet and to carry the entire show for once in a week is a, a, a respite for him. It's a great it benefit. <laughs> like it, it's, 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 it's a pleasure. He's happy to, to t- turn the microphone over to me. So yep. shut up. This is true. I Robert like- Kelly, shut up. Every coach, shut up. Broadcasters, coach worshipers, shut up. So I've got two questions I want to ask you before we get out of here. And it's just about the whole season. We're nearing the end. 
And as you just said, Popfather's not on here too often. And so I just wanted to get your take. What was your biggest surprise this season? Or maybe just a big surprise if, you know, you don't want to coin the biggest. But just what's somebody who surprised you the most? Mike Evans. Oh, yeah. Good one. Mike Evans has been shocking. No one does this. Do you understand this? No one does this. Mm -hmm. Calvin Johnson. Most people think Calvin Johnson is the greatest receiver in the history of the game in terms of physical specimen, right? Right? Mm -hmm. Calvin Johnson had an incremental decline after the age apex. Right? We can go down RIP Demarius Thomas. Yep. Julio Jones. Andre Johnson. Any big receiver, big X receiver, best example, Brandon Marshall, right? Brandon Marshall is a very close comp to, to Mike Evans. Mike Evans and Brandon Marshall, very similar games. Yep. Incremental decline. There's no, like, renaissance year. Remember that everyone was hoping for a renaissance year? Oh, with the Titans, remember? Yep. Yeah. Julio Jones, renaissance year. It's coming. Trust me. It never comes. Yeah. The renaissance year at age 30 never happens. Maybe with a possession receiver like an Adam Thielen, it's possible. Mm-hmm. We've seen this. We've seen uh, a a Larry Fitzgerald have a have a inflection point. There's been inflection points, but they're always possession type receivers. They're not these big hulking X receivers. I've never seen it in my life. I've never seen an inflection point at age thirty for a big hulking X receiver. It's to my knowledge, I I mean, I would love for the chat to help, right? I would love for the chat to uh, instead of you know being hypercritical of our show format and my ability to talk, I would love for the chat to actually be helpful for once, maybe provide us with an example of a Mike Evans archetype player who had a, a career inflection point at age thirty. The idea that he would turn around all his advanced efficiency metrics, that he would spike the football on his overall production, going from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield, it doesn't make sense. Nothing makes sense. It's it's such an opposite world, jarring experience to see what Mike Evans is doing, especially given where Chris, and on the flip side, these two ships in the night passing each other with him and Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin in his prime still with the body type of a player that typically has career years at age 27, 28 mm-hmm. to, to have a, a, you know, to take a step back another year removed from an ACL tear. So there's so much happening in this Buccaneers passing game that is antithetical to everything that I have come to believe is what I expect going into a season that it's just it's so disorienting it's 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 been a special year from him I, I think a lot of people were maybe expecting some value to come from the Buccaneers offense but if I remember correctly from the offseason it was basically everyone saying the value was going to be Rashad White or Chris Godwin everyone was writing off Mike Evans saying that Baker Mayfield wouldn't be able to hit him not his type of receiver and well yet- maybe not everybody but everyone that knows anything, anyone right. that follows the advanced metrics, all the people, all yeah. the influencers that I follow, that I pay attention to, yeah. none of them were like, yeah, like it was the basically the counting stats, the guys that love Hall of Famers, brand names, like the the casual analysis, the, the surface level analysis was like, you know, Mike Evans because it's Mike Evans. Yeah, fair. Right, but... <laughs> 
so it was it was shocking 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 and and i'm here for it i mean like i said hall of famer like this guy's a hall of famer 10 straight years with a thousand yards who does that the only other one is jerry rice it's amazing like it's it's 15 games played every year yep i mean what what a stud what a stud i'm i'm it's sad that my problem is, is that his down years I predicted. And so I sort of started to have a little cottage industry around predicting Mike Evans demise. And it's worked out for me uh, until now. And so uh, my biases were really, it was like everyone was singing a chorus that he was trending down. Mm-hmm. All the advanced metrics I pay attention to were indicating this. And I was already biased against him. So that's why it's just, it's such a side swipe. But I'm now, don't worry. If you're that unprecedented, I will flip. Don't worry, I'll flip-flop in a heartbeat. I'm happy to flip-flop on Mike Evans. Like I'm like, (laughs) hey, I've never seen anything like this. Yeah. I give him so much credit, and now I'm a big I'm a big Mike Evans fan. This is what it took. Yeah, but you do this, you do this kind of unprecedented. Get the thousand yard season streak plus the inflection point that I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Then you have a I'm a I'm a lifelong Mike Evans fan now. Let's flip the coin. Who's disappointed you the most? And don't say Quentin Johnston. He was already expected to be disappointing. Or, or has he even <laughs> been more disappointing than you could have thought? <laughs> well, thankfully, it's not Tony Pollard anymore. Yeah. Tony Pollard, 15 fantasy points against the Eagles. What else could you want? They allow like 10 fantasy points total to all running backs per game. So that was great to see. Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one. There's, mm-hmm. not, there's not too many because so many of these receivers I was drafting early have hit. Right. So it's uh, I mean, you could say Jamar Chase, but he's been succeeding in some pretty difficult situations. He puts up 30 points with Browning at quarterback. Yeah. What, what more do you want from Jamar Chase? Still top five. Right. It's hard for me to it's hard for me to criticize. Him. I loved I love that 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 fields DJ Moore stack. Yep. And that thing's hitting. So uh, a lot of my individual tactics are hitting, you know, from round to round. So it's it's I'm I'm actually not that disappointed in many players. I'd have to that's a really good question. Uh you know, I wasn't on like, I mean you think about some of the the catastrophic busts like I wasn't on Aaron Jones. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't on some of these guys. I wasn't on these guys. Uh you know, I mean David Montgomery has has returned value. All these late round running backs we liked, Rashad White returning value. Right? So, I mean Love it, loving life. I wasn't. Uh, I mean, I. Uh, I mean, I, I wasn't drafting Cooper Cup because I was drafting Amon Ross St. Brown instead. So it's 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 a tricky situation. Etn is delivered for us. Yeah. All right. The the first sort of a, a cornerstone running back that we liked in the fourth round. Love that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were fading Amari Cooper into oblivion. He finally. Finally had uh, an Amari Cooper home game, like uh, bounce back game, mm-hmm. even though David and Joku still out, you know, out, out, out produced him. 
right? So it's um man, I don't uh DK Metcalf's like surging. <laughs> you know, I think that given his opportunities in three receiver sets, I might want to say Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, I think that's Jackson fair. Smith and yeah. Jigba. He had another seven target game. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? 25 yards. He, you know, we're like, we're predicting. I was predicting big pop performances in the second half from Rashi Rice and Jackson Smith and Jigba. Rashi's delivering. Yeah. We're like, you better trade for him now. You better trade. And his, his lifetime value is like doubled this year. Because it's yeah. like, you better trade for him now because these, these, Spike weeks are coming, and when as soon as he gets one spike week, everyone it's gonna everyone's gonna hit everybody. Oh my god, how valuable is this guy moving forward? Like between you and me, it's not clear that you would want Puka Nakua over Rashi Rice in Dynasty. I think that's a conversation. I think it's definitely a conversation. I think it's close. I, I think, think you'd want close. still want Puka, but yeah, it's it's now you your mind starts to to turn. Like wait a second, I don't know. Is this could maybe um. Yeah, so Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, you know, Kenneth Walker had the injury. He was productive before the injury, and even now he comes back. Uh, he, 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 you know, he, he rushes himself back and then doubles up the production of Charbonnet. Uh, was much more heavily used in the passing game than Charbonnet last week, which was interesting. So it's, it's nothing that disappointing, really, about this. It's, when you ask the question, then I have to go try to find someone, and it's shocking how few players have disappointed me this year, mm-hmm. but Jackson Smith and Jigba, he's had opportunities, right? Where Tyler Lockett hasn't been hundred percent where DK Metcalf hasn't been hundred percent. They're running all the three receiver sets. He's running all these routes. He's getting targets and he's just not delivering. And yeah. I thought he was a different guy, you know? Oh, I guess, I guess the best example is probably Kenny Pickett. Um, okay. I just, I just didn't want to say a quarterback, uh, but if I had to think about like guys I was drafting that I was feeling pretty good about value wise, Kenny Pickett late was, uh, I thought it kind of a easy, easy pick a lot of, a yeah, lot of upside there with the, with the, with the ability, the rushing ability and the weapons and for him to just deliver nothing like the rushing non-existent five carries for five yards and just be useless you know i mean it's a small sample trap i loved that he was accurate in in small samples under pressure and in in on deep balls last year but he didn't have that many reps and you know i certainly extrapolated too much and I started thinking, I just, I was thinking about his ability as a runner and, and the weapons. And at that point, all I needed was something, some advanced metrics to, 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 for as a toehold. And I found those in, in the, the under pressure metrics and the, you know, the deep ball metrics where he was top of the league. Yeah. But then you look at the actual sample and it's so small. That that's the problem is you go out there trying to look for, you know, practicing this, uh, you know, uh, th- this uh, bias. Right. And you get you get you get sideswiped a little bit. Fortunately, though, this is a late round pick. 
It was. Right. This is a guy that you're just churning after a couple weeks and you're pivoting over to CJ Stroud and it's not a big deal. Right. So it, it didn't hurt you. So it's hard to find guys that that really hurt me uh, in drafts. And that's mostly because we weren't drafting running backs early. Yeah. Like if you don't want to be hurt, if you value your feelings, right, um, then you should probably avoid running backs early most most of the time. And, uh, you know, and, and you can go ahead and practice some confirmation bias later in the draft and it won't hurt you. All right. I think uh, I think that's a great place to just go ahead and wrap up things here. So thank you all. So Already? Much. We're, it's only been it's only been an hour. <laughs> an hour on the wake and take the short show. <laughs> this is supposed to be a, this is supposed to be a, what is it supposed to be a 20 minute show? Yeah, I think in season we've had a few hour longs, especially on Mondays as we talk about everything. But yeah, for the most part, 20, 30 minutes is, is what we shoot for. But you know, we've got the pod father on. We had a lot to talk about. We're heading into week 15 now. Season has flown by. I love it's the chat is also the chat has been very active. I mean, there's some assholes in the chat. There's some, there's some great uh, sort of uh, uh, some of our, 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 our most engaging yeah. audience members are in the chat kicking ass. I love yeah. the, the accountability in the chat where people are getting called out and they're either you know, show me the evidence and no, you're wrong. Uh, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. You can't just, you can't just come with a, you know, a flaccid, uh, position and, uh, and have nothing to back it up. Nope. For sure. In the chat, they're awesome. Every morning, love having them join me. They're, they're always active in there doing some great stuff. So thanks to them. Oh, ooh, Bob me. Howard, Bob. See, why uh, is Bob Howard, Bob Howard? Uh, oh, we even late, like, look at this, even <laughs> late in the, in the stream. We, we've got people like thundering in, hammering Kellen Moore. Like M. Ladd comes in late, right? And doesn't know that we had this whole like diatribe, extended diatribe on Kellen Moore and how he's exemplary of what's wrong with football analysis. And he's like, oh, he just, he comes in at the end. He's like, hey, by the way, you know, uh, Dallas has been better without Kellen Moore. <laughs> and we're like, oh, really? let's get into that again <laughs> right and then someone else is like hey uh you, you did you put up on the screen bob howard oh i did bob, bob I did. howard yeah. you know yeah it's always yeah. you know I, I will say that uh i uh you know, it's 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 a tricky thing right i don't make fun of how people look like privately sometimes i do generally i think that only among friends you should be making fun making fun of how strangers look i think is really rude um but among, amongst your friends like i love your tom brady sweater because it's 12 12 it is i think it's it, that just goes to show the thought that jason puts in every morning to the show like that just that's evidence that's the evidence you need that he's ki he's killing it he's wearing a 12 12 sweater people he's not going through the motions <laughs> right and yes his hair looks a little greasy Yes, his beard could be fuller. This is all true. But I guarantee that none of you are fucking supermodels. So shut up. <laughs>